Welcome to Insight Out, a podcast from Ipsos UU that explores emerging trends, budding innovations, fresh thoughts, and creative ways to get closer to real people in real life. Each episode will have a conversation with an expert with a unique perspective to help us reveal insights that expose truths, evoke empathy, and fuel business growth now and into the future. Hi, I'm Emma Grant, and I'm your host of today's episode of Insight Out. Today, we're exploring a groundbreaking new way to uncover disruptive innovations. We'll learn why 90% of new corporate innovations fail, how identifying pioneers is critical to success, and all about Ipsos's collaboration with MIT to redefine organizations' innovation practices. Our expert with me today is Andrew Leary, the global CEO of Ipsos Social Media Exchange and co-author of the white paper, Introducing the New Era of Lead User Innovation. Thanks so much for joining us today, Andrew. Thank you. Nice to be here. Now, Andrew, what are the big burning issues companies face today with regards to innovation? Well, the issues are really twofold. Um, first, as you know, we think about innovation, one of the things that we know is that most innovations fail. Um, Mark Payne recently wrote in his book, How to Kill a Unicorn, that 90% of innovations over the last um, year, last 50 years have not been successful. That's an incredible number when you think about it. Um, the other thing that we face is that most um, innovations that we see today from large organizations are what we consider like incremental innovation. So, in, you know, or how do we change a color? They're almost more about marketing than they are about innovation themselves. And what tends to happen is these innovations are really just being made to existing products that are sold through existing channels, which means there's low risk, but there's also low returns. So these aren't really the kinds of innovations that are, that are going to change you know, companies. So that's pretty bleak sounding with 90% of them failing or or just being these kind of small improvements. Now tell me, why is innovation so important to our clients? Well, innovation's never been more important, actually, to our clients than it is today, especially as it relates to the large organizations that we work with. Um, and this is specifically because they can no longer rely on the size or their established distribution channels to fend off competition. Technology has really changed everything. So for example, Small agile companies can now completely change markets before some of these established market leaders even see it coming. So you think about companies like Uber or Spotify or even Dollar Shave Club. They've completely transformed markets with these disruptive innovations and almost done so overnight. So then what is preventing our, I guess, more established clients from, from discovering these disruptive innovations themselves? So nothing's stopping them but you need to think about the dynamics. Let's use Dollar Shave Club as an example. It's highly unlikely that someone's gonna go into their boss and say, hey, look, I have this fantastic idea for a new way to sell razors. It's gonna decrease our margins by 50%, and we're gonna with, compete with our existing channels. But if it works, it's gonna be really big. Yeah, I could see that as a hard sell. You would need <laughs> a lot of courage to, to say that to your boss. Um, so I guess the real question is, what do we do when companies are not good at taking these kind of risks, um, like rethinking their business models or uncovering these disruptive innovations? 
Yeah, well, history shows us that most disruptive innovations come from individuals um, trying to solve problems for themselves and not large, large organizations or what we call producers trying to innovate. And the reason for this is that individuals, um, you know, usually have this very high personal benefit that they're trying to solve for, and their motivations are much higher than organizations or producers are. Um, a great example of this is Nike. Um, Bill Bowerman, who created the Waffle Soul, which really transformed the company, he was a track coach. And mm -hmm. he realizes that there was this need, right, to help his runners get better traction. So one day while he was sitting at breakfast and he was looking at his wife's waffle iron, he had an idea. And in fact, he used his wife's waffle iron to create his first prototype. So this is a perfect example of an individual need, someone trying to solve a, a problem and, you know, became, you know, incredibly successful. So are you suggesting that companies then need to find more Bill Bowermans? Yes, exactly. Real disruptive innovations come from what we call lead users. And lead users are individuals who are ahead of the marketplace when it comes to trends. But more importantly, they expect to have a really high personal gain or benefit from the solution um, that they're developing. And that this means that these innovations that these leaders, lead users are developing them for themselves are actually openly shared. Um, and, you know, they're talking to people and they're trying to understand how they can make them better. Um, and ultimately, they'll be not just of interest for themselves, but of others as well. And examples of lead user innovations aren't just, you know, Nike and the waffle sole, but they include things like mountain biking, Gatorade, even the Internet. Hmm. So, I mean... Companies, when they're working on innovations, I mean, they must be looking for these individuals, or are they not? So many companies say that they are looking at lead users um, or trying to uncover lead user innovations, but the process to date has been very antiquated. Um, they, there's a method called pyramiding, um, which can take three individuals up to four months and cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to uncover these early trends. And essentially, this method uses interviews to uncover the individuals that are talking about these things. Um, and you kind of pyramid up these discussions to find the newest, most innovative ideas. And it's important to note that even when you're using this method, um, the producers themselves or the companies need to predefine the problem that they're trying to solve for. Um, and thus, there's no guarantee that you'll even find lead users in this area that you're looking for. Now. With that said, um, working with MIT, 3M did adopt a lead user methodology, um, and they tracked the success of this uh, methodology internally over a five-year period. And what they found was that lead user innovations versus non-lead user innovations resulted in eight times greater revenue growth and doubled the market share in each of the categories where these innovations were released. That's huge. Okay, so now tell us about the work that uh, you've been doing with MIT. So um, based upon the work that I, we had seen that MIT was doing with 3M and others, um, in early 2017, um, SMX approached a professor called, named Eric Von Hippel, who was really the leading authority on lead user in innovation at MIT. And we were interested in how we might be able to leverage these methodologies within our community practice to identify members. During our first meeting, we talked a lot about the lead user identification process, and it became really clear to me um, that we were not going to be able to use it um, in our community practice, primarily because just the adoption challenges, the time and money it took to uncover um, these lead users. So in having these conversations, well, we, I, we realized it wasn't going to be a great way to help identify lead users for our community practice, um, we did have an idea that 
um, we might be able to use big data and leveraging um, or helping find lead users in the identification process. And we suggested to Eric that there might be a way to you know, significantly improve what was being done through pyramiding um, by using you know, social data to really help save time and money. As you can imagine, Eric was incredibly interested in the concept. Um, and at this point, we introduced him to Sandro uh, Kolatz, who was the head of um, marketing science. And after initial discussions with Eric, Eric proposed that we look at kite surfing as a proof of concept. Um, this was a category that MIT had completed a great deal of academic research um, over the last 10 years, and thus we could easily compare the results um, in this pilot. Kite surfing, that's an interesting uh, topic to choose. Well, kite surfing is a lead user generated uh, category. So uh, not only is it something that MIT has been interested in from that perspective, but they've also been using the pyramid method to, be, to look at what kinds of innovations have been taking place over the last you know, 10 years. Okay. So, so then what were the results of this pilot? So after collecting a quarter of a million data points um, for kite surf surfing over the last 12 years, so essentially um, when you're looking at social data, we have the ability to go back in time. So we were able to go back to sort of ground zero in kite surfing. And then Sandro and his team explored a wide variety of sort of machine learning techniques um, to discover innovation, DNA, right, within this large data corpus. Um, so, you know, in short, we were able to look at all of this data and then we were able to discover all of the critical innovations that MIT had uncovered in their research over the last 10 years. However, in addition um, to those innovations, we also were able to uncover early signs that there are new directions that were just about to start, things that MIT and the pyramid and method were not able to uncover. So we were able to see things like how kite surfing on flat water without kites at all, <laughs> using technologies like hydrofoil um, from sailing, or even drones now being able to, uh, you know, drive kite surfing or, or pull the kites or the boards. Wow, that's amazing. So you must be getting into the uh, kite surfing business then. <laughs> well, funny enough, during this whole process, um, Sandra was on vacation and went kite surfing. Um, and <clears throat> I don't know how oh, bad his perfect. injury was, but it wasn't. But he did, uh, he did report some injuries. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, poor Sandro. So how long did this all take you? It sounds like a pretty major process. Yeah, it, it was. And it took Sandro and his team close to a year to develop this. Um, Sandro really responsible for doing you know, a majority of the legwork on it. Um, but now that it's developed, what we estimate is it actually can be executed um, in a number of weeks versus you know, four to six months. And so when you think about the real benefits, they're really clear. Here, rather than doing this pyramid, pyramiding method, um, we have a very clearly defined and repeatable algorithm, right? So we can make sure that whatever we're applying, we can apply from category to category systematically and um, in a really meaningful way. Um, with regard to speed, as I mentioned, it's 10 times faster than the previous method. And then when, you know, producers are looking for lead users, they really have to have this predefined innovations that they're looking for. But the bottom-up approach that Sandro and his team used really allowed them to identify sort of need-solution pairs and things that we weren't looking for. Um, so as we mentioned, we were able to uncover these new trends or things that might be happening you know, in the category or around the category. Um, in the past, you wouldn't have been able to, to see those things. And then most, probably most exciting for everyone is what we see is that the algorithm that we've developed um, is highly scalable across categories. So we believe that um, all of the work that we've done in kite surfing now 
um, with a small amount of improvement per category can be um, updated and used easily. So what's next with all of this? Well, so a lot has lots happened so far. Um, so for those who don't know, Professor Von Hippel um, and Sandro have published a 40-page academic paper, which has been very uh, well-received. I personally was asked to join the MIT Innovation Lab, which was super exciting for me, which is being sponsored by the Global Science Organization. Sandro and myself wrote a marketing paper. Um, and then recently we learned that this lead user method had been selected um, as the keynote at the annual Open and um, User Innovation Conference um, in Europe this summer, which is really exciting. So Sandro will be speaking there. So we're super excited about that. And then we're you know, actively looking for Ipsos clients um, to pilot this new method with. Now, I'm curious, Andrew, I mean, what's your background and what kind of drew you to this topic? Because it sounds very, I mean, it's obviously very cutting edge um, in the research field, but what, what drew you to this? So since the early days of the internet, um, I have been involved in building online communities, um, you know, very early on um, for uh, music artists, as well as, um, you know, corporate brands like, you know, Coke and, and Nike. Um, so I've always been really interested in the idea of co-creation. And what I talk a lot about is people-led innovation. So as we really started focusing on, you know, our community and our community sample and how we can really, you know, drive, you know, innovation, um, I just, you know, started spending more time uh, looking at and thinking about lead users. And once I was introduced to, to Eric, or I made the, you know, reached out to Eric and learned more about sort of their approach and what they were doing, I just saw an incredible opportunity. And, um, you know, with, with the more I learn about it, the more I understand how it works and the kinds of impacts it's having on companies, I think the more exciting it becomes. Now, you said something very interesting uh, to me in there, which is people-led innovation. And it caught me to thinking, so I, I've seen and, and certainly um, heard of a lot of different organizations and agencies that are really talking these days about crowdsourcing innovations. And that seemed to be like the hot thing. So it's like the power of the collective mind um, to develop these innovations. Is, is there a tension there between lead user? Because, I mean, lead user sounds more person-led than people-led. No, not at all. I think they actually complement one another you know, very well. So if you think about a lead user or even any sort of crowdsourcing, it has to start somewhere. Um, and that's really what this is about. So this is about someone having a personal um, challenge or something that they're trying to solve for. Um, and most people don't do that on their own, right? And um, so the fact of the matter is they will go in and talk to other people. And because now they're having those conversations on the internet, right, in forums or, you know, on Facebook groups or wherever that might take place, we're now able to capture that information, use, you know, using our SIA practice and social data. So really, um, without the idea of crowdsourcing or working with others, the lead user methodology, you know, wouldn't be successful. Right. So it leads us to the pioneers that might be having these conversations and maybe their big nuggets within it. Makes sense. Which category or industry would you say is most ripe for a disruption today? Well, I think when we think about with regard to sort of lead user innovation, and that's what I'm going to I'm going to focus on, I think that there are areas where you have a lot of um, communications where people are trying new things all the time. Um, so categories like beauty or pets seem to be ones that would jump out and feel like they would be um, ripe for uh, disruption. 
But at the same time, I'd also add healthcare because one of the things that we see is that, you know, there's a lot of things that haven't been solved for in healthcare, and there's a lot of individuals trying to take, you know, matters into their own hand because sometimes it's life or death for them. And so I think that um, healthcare also would be an area that, um, you know, is very ripe for disruption and for lead user innovation specifically. And what would you say is the most important uh, recent innovation, um, at least to you? So when I think about innovations, I think about things that are um, incredibly helpful and, um, you know, have a real value, not just to the consumer, but also can grow. So the things to me that have been um, that I've seen, I've been you know, the most impacted by, I think first and foremost was Uber. Um, you know, it was something that I had never considered or thought about that, wow, you know, you'd be getting into someone else's car and how easy mm-hmm. it was. But it really took all of the difficulties of taxis and paying for things, you know, out of the equation and really... Um, for someone that you know travels the world quite frequently, um, you know, it really helped. It really helped and provided a great value. But more importantly, every time you get into an Uber, there's you're always talking to people and drivers that are super excited about what they're doing, um, and you know the fact that they now can you know earn additional money or have a or create a job for themselves. So I think that has really um, been one of the ones that I have looked to and you know been the most excited about. But most recently, I've also become really enamored with the whole idea of getting my groceries delivered um, through Amazon. And um, again, you know, one of the things I hate is going to the grocery. Um, so the fact that I can you know have things delivered to my home, I know what those things are, um, and have a list together on a regular basis. I think not only is it more efficient, but I think it also saves a lot of money than you know, ending up at the store when you're hungry and buying lots of things that you probably don't need. So um, I am an avid fan and user of Amazon Prime when it comes to, uh, to shopping. Yes, I am with you on that. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us today. That was really, really interesting. And, that, and it's exciting because it really feels um, future forward and that it's really changing the way we do um, innovations and think about innovations. Uh, so thank you for joining us. How can people find out more? Um, they can either email myself or Sandro. They can go to the Knowledge Center and find um, the Ipsos Views paper on lead users. And... Um, you know, we're here to help. So feel free to reach out and, and ask the questions. And we can, you know, if we don't have the answers, we hopefully can direct you to someone who will. That's great. And we'll also include a link within uh, the description of this podcast episode. So anyone can go and find uh, that white paper. So thanks, Andrew. Great. Well, listen, thanks for your time um, and really appreciate it. Thank you all for tuning in to Insight Out. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting app to make sure you get all of our latest episodes delivered right to you. We'll see you next time. Mm